this is Devin, the host of Transcending Representation. In this episode, I will be talking to my friend Katie about transgender music and the conversation around trans people in the music industry. Just a heads up, some of the audio is a little delayed, so some things sound a bit off. This wasn't anyone's fault, wasn't my fault, Katie's fault, we are not uh, overlapping each other, interrupting anyone, and I hope it doesn't ruin the podcast for you. I hope you still enjoy it. Thanks for listening, as always. My name's Katie. I'm a senior at UConn majoring in sociology with a minor in women's gender and sexuality studies. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and we went to kindergarten together. So I guess that's how we know each other in middle school and so on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but we actually haven't talked in like a few years. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny because like I remember when we were in like middle school and we would just be like on the phone together for like like three hours. I know. <laughs> just, like, oh my god. Like whatever, and like being on the computer at the same time, mm-hmm. like girls go yeah. games. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um. So today we're going to be talking about music um transgender music specifically mm-hmm. um like you know how trans people express their identity through music and outside music um and how they're perceived and things like that um all of that yeah so uh did you so i so to fill in the audience i guess um i sent you a pretty long list of music music videos to watch mm-hmm. music to listen to sorry about that. no it was awesome. <laughs> oh that's good okay uh so had you heard of any of the artists that we're about to talk about yeah I so I hadn't realized at the time but I had actually heard Kim Petras before um and mm-hmm. what's funny is actually right now some of my friends are doing you know those like 30-day song challenges or whatever um Yep. <laughs> so we're doing one of those and I added like a Kim Petras song because I was like it was like that week that you sent me everything and I was like oh I'm really feeling the song mm-hmm. and um and like a couple of my friends were like oh my god I love Kim Petras and I didn't know that like she was as known as I I like I didn't think she was as known as I guess she is by some people so that's pretty cool um but I don't think I had ever heard any of the other ones but um yeah really great I love Against Me I really liked all their stuff um yeah all of them are really good so cool yeah we'll get into everything yeah (laughs) um yeah so we can start with Kim Petras for sure um because I think that she is definitely either the artist that comes to mind when people think of like a popular transgender artist Mm -hmm. in music or um she's like I don't know a lot I feel like a lot of people who might be new fans of hers mm-hmm. like don't even know that she's trans yeah. um because like she started transitioning in I think like 2009 or even earlier was like when it started being reported mm-hmm. um it was actually like a celebrity when she was like 12 yeah. um, because she started taking hormones like really really young mm-hmm. and she was was born in Germany she's from Germany um and when she was 16 she was in like German news and it was like a huge like news for the country of Germany um that she was a 16 year old trans girl Mm -hmm. um getting 
affirmation surgery so like bottom surgery right um like really publicized and everything um so yeah it's like really interesting um that you know over time she definitely has like acknowledged that she is trans and that's like where she comes from and you know that that is her identity mm-hmm. and everything but she also kind of has moved away from just being a trans like icon right, I guess yeah. um now she's a lot more of like um just a, a pop diva like mm-hmm. you know she definitely passes as a woman for sure yeah. <laughs> like I like most people who look at her I'm sure would not even like you know think yeah twice about it you know um so yeah um and a lot of people uh kind of get down on Kim Petras for not being um as political Mm -hmm. as she could be as a transgender like pop icon who is so uh in the public eye um right because her music it's very uh digestible and consumable um in, like and you know it's it's just like standard pop music about you know getting your heart broken and you know like uh wanting men to buy you things <laughs> like <laughs> you know right. stuff like that um and like she's really living like the fantasy of being like basically just like a rich right, bitch yeah. um who is just like like a Britney Spears or Paris Hilton yeah, I was kind so of shocked type. that Paris Hilton was um, like actually in the um I don't want it at all music video I was like oh my god that's actually Paris I know that music is so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah I it's I love that she has yes. like a shrine <laughs> to Paris Hilton like in the beginning and like the whole video it's just like her like forcing men to buy her clothing and things like that and then in the end like the person she yeah. meets is Paris Hilton. <laughs> like, wants, like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, a lot of her songs really have mm-hmm. that theme of, like, you know, just being really rich. Like, in the song Icy, she says, like, kind of funny how the money yeah. can replace the love. Like, um, you know, like, she she really prioritizes, yeah. like, the cash <laughs> over, like, everything. Definitely um yeah and so like it is it is ride that line of being apolitical and Mm -hmm. still being like a really prominent trans figure in like the public eye um because like you know it's it is good for people to have more complex and like diverse ideas of what trans people look like and act like and things like that and so it is good for her to not just be like you know being trans is all I am and everything like that it's it's good that people don't have just that but um you know like it's she she does kind of act like her her presence as like the first yeah I guess she is kind of the first like trans pop diva um that people really notice uh uh and like the fact that she has this platform like she really should be uh you know taking pretty much every opportunity that she can um to speak out about trans issues and things like that like she doesn't make posts on like uh trans day of visibility or trans day of remembrance or anything like that i feel like Uh, so like kind of weird it's it's kind (laughs) of a hard situation because i feel like and even as like 
like any queer person, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to sort of navigate that relationship between having a platform and speaking out on issues versus like just wanting to kind of live our lives the way we want to and not have to like justify it or like tell anybody about it or whatever. So I think it's, it's interesting that she came from such a, a big platform and had was so, so like visible in the public eye for so long and then kind of reverting or I guess not reverting, but kind of going back on that and just focusing on her music. And I think it's, it's definitely tricky to navigate that relationship for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, it's not like she completely right. like, ignores her like transness or anything like that. Like she has, she has spoken about it in a few interviews. Um, but it isn't something that she's yeah, like, exactly. Hey, just so you guys know, like I am trans. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Which, like, I I think that's fine. Like, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's her life. Like, <laughs> so. You know, like, it's not really for us to say, like, you know, she has to be this one thing or she has to be something else. Um, So, yeah. um, So what did you think of her music videos and her music and things like that? Like, I know you said that you had um, heard of her before. Um, Do you know, like, what songs you had heard I think the name just sounded familiar. I might have heard I Don't Want It At All before. Um... But yeah, I I really liked her. She has a very clear like image, I think, which is really cool. Um, like we said, kind of like the a little bit of like a bratty like yeah. Paris Hilton or whatever, which I think is really fun to see. Like especially from someone in the trans community. I don't know. It's it's it was like it seemed like a very strong like identity that she has, which is really cool to see. Um, and I mean, the songs and, and the videos and the lyrics and everything themselves, I think were really, um, yeah, really interesting, really good visuals. I thought like, I mean, like Heart to Break, for example, that music video had a very clear, like, kind of storyline it was going on. And same with the other ones, too. Like, I think it was very well thought out and, um, complemented the songs really well with the, like, the music videos. And yeah, I thought that was really cool. Sophie is the next person um so you had not heard of sophie before correct um okay what did you think (laughs) of so it was really interesting because i watched it's okay to cry first and i was like oh okay this is like kind of vibey and like Mm -hmm. it felt very like it was very like soft and like kind of warm if that makes sense and then it kind of like it got a little like powerful and like ballady sort of sort of towards the end and I was like oh awesome that's like really cool like I really liked that and then um I watched face shopping which is like totally different (laughs) so that was really interesting to see like both sides of that um but yeah I mean both sides were really really cool (laughs) and interesting and um I mean I liked the I liked the it's okay to cry video a lot that was like very simple and um it was like very aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing to look at and then face shopping was like it's like one of those things where it's like it's not necessarily aesthetically pleasing because it's like kind of weird but like you want to watch it you know what I mean because it's like it's really interesting mm-hmm. to see the visuals yeah. so yeah definitely. <laughs> um, yeah I think yeah I think they have a lot of really cool it, it, it's very like conceptual you know what I mean which I think is it's cool to see things that aren't as like mainstream Mm -hmm. and like 
you know because like I mean I would say Kim Petras is a little more like mainstream and digestible and things like that and she still had a lot of like really cool visuals but I think Sophie seemed a little bit more like experimental and um it was different so yeah Yeah, I would definitely say yeah. Sophie's music is a lot more artsy um, or abstract than than Kim Petras. It's definitely mm-hmm. like a, a 180. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, Face Shopping and It's Okay to Cry um, were on the same album um, called, I think it's called Oil of Three yeah. Pearls Insides or something. Uh, but it's a really good album. It's great. Um, and I think it was like, her second or third maybe fourth album to come out um but when she first started releasing music um she like people pointed out that she was like Mm -hmm. editing her voice like really really high this was before she had come Mm -hmm. out as a trans woman or anything like that um and like so um I don't know if you know Grimes Mm -hmm. or if you saw this in my like outline um but uh Grimes said uh like Grimes thought that Sophie uh was a man appropriating women by editing her voice higher um and like releasing music under the name Sophie which is like a a woman's name typically um and so like Grimes who is yeah (laughs) the girlfriend of Elon Musk like uh, literally said about Sophie it's really fucked up to call yourself Sophie and pretend you're a girl when you're a male producer and there are so few female producers um and it's yeah like, I don't know <laughs> making that's, like giant assumptions really there, like... to me too because I don't understand why anyone would do that like a cis man like appropriating a woman I don't know why they would do like I don't know what the intention would be so it seems like I don't know if like she just got uncomfortable with like what Sophie was doing or was just like felt felt like I don't know like attacked as a woman because she isn't getting the representation she she like feels she's entitled to or whatever (laughs) but that's like a really I don't know that's a really strange thing and I think I think that's something that um is kind of interesting to talk about too is the fact that like a lot of trans artists might want to distort their voice or edit their voice or something like that so that um maybe it would help them not be misgendered like if that's something that they're um Mm -hmm. concerned with or you know if they're going through transitioning or if they you know choose not to take hormones or whatever whatever they whatever they're doing I mean that's kind of their choice to change their voice like that so it's it's interesting that that's something that she was attacked for yeah definitely I think that um I mean like as we'll see as we go through like all of these artists that's kind of like a common thing um trans artists to definitely distort their voice um and like you know it's it's pretty common for like a, a trans woman artist to like make higher or like a trans male might like use like right, auto tune yeah. or something like that um you know yeah so like um yeah like i don't know sophie never like was interested in attacking grimes about any of this she doesn't really like correct yeah. people about any of it um and she's kind of said like you know it's okay like i'm not really about like 
you know, all of the politics of the music industry right. and things like that. I, I really just want to make music and, and produce and mm-hmm. things like that. And so she doesn't even do like, uh, she barely has mm-hmm. social media. She barely does interviews. She barely makes music videos. Like the music videos I sent you were like two of, I think like seven oh, or wow. eight that she has out. Um, and she's been making music for like a mm-hmm. long time, like the last like decade, basically. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we can talk about her music a little bit. Um, so Face Shopping was the first song of hers that I'd heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and instantly I was like so into it. I love music that is really yeah. weird. Um, that's very experimental. That's very, um, you know, unlike stuff that you would normally hear kind of distorted things like mm-hmm. that um and like you see in the in the music video of face shopping um like Sophie's face itself is very distorted it's not like real pictures of her right, or yeah. anything like that um, and I think like the song itself is really interesting like they they flash like the the lyrics across the screen mm-hmm. um of like the I guess it's the chorus like uh where it's like a really low voice going like yeah like that part um and uh that part is like definitely where I think like a lot of the content of the song is because like the the verse itself you know is just like oh my face is the front of shop like um but uh Sophie has talked about how the song is about like undergoing uh, hormone replacement Mm -hmm. therapy, surgery, transitioning, changing your appearance. And like one of the lines of like the distorted choruses is uh, synthesize the real. Um, And so like, you know, the the real is like the made up, I guess. Um, And like when asked about the song and like what the lyrics mean, Sophie said like, I'm real when I shot my face. What is real being trans? Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just like it's interesting like I don't know that song definitely wouldn't first time I listened to it I I wasn't like oh this song's about you know gender transition yeah. <laughs> like um I was like this song's so weird yeah. uh but yeah and I don't know it is interesting that she can get that message across in such a strange kind of um song yeah, that definitely. is that I think is just like such a bop yeah <laughs> Um, and then It's Okay to Cry is considered her, like, coming out music video, basically, Uh um, because it was the first song to use unedited voice, and, like, the music video used, like, footage of her, um, and it was the first time that she had put out video of herself, um, or, like, used, like, uh, unedited audio on her songs, and so it's, like, very vulnerable, yeah, um, you know, yeah, like, the music video, like, uh, you can see like a rainbow pop up behind mm-hmm. her at one point and you're just like oh my god <laughs> like yeah it, um, it definitely feels very like vulnerable but also it's it's I don't know kind of like embracing I guess if that makes us if that makes any mm-hmm. sense like it yeah definitely. it's like she's like inviting you into her vulnerabilities and yeah I yeah. really like that song a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really like Sophie, um, and I think, like, I mean, we're about to talk about more artists who are um, also very experimental yeah. in their music, um, but I think that Sophie, like, um, is someone who's, like, 
I think she's a good artist to start with. Like if you're interested in like what is like experimental music that's still kind of like palatable yeah. and like <laughs> digestible because like um you know we're going to talk about like Arca yeah. in like in like a little bit and like I think Arca's music is like a lot less like digestible for like the average person. Yeah. <laughs> um now we're going to move on to Arca yes. and 100 Gex. <laughs> um so what did you think of we'll start with 100 Gex. So what did you think of the song I sent you of theirs Money Machine? Um, it was I don't know it was very like it had like a certain vibe and I can't really put like my finger on it but it was I mean it's very like punky and like mm. you know like the visuals of they're just like with that was like the one where they're like with trucks and stuff right yep yep <laughs> um yeah so it was definitely really interesting to see like I don't know it was a very like hard kind of imagery I guess with like the trucks yeah. and they're like stomping <laughs> around and <laughs> yeah yeah it was definitely different really interesting um yeah yeah, I think a lot of their music is, um, I mean, like, 100 Gex, like, their music in is, like, super, super over-edited. Like, yeah. Um, the first time I heard one of their songs, I was like, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, um, you know, I think, like, I don't know, it's, it is, like, really interesting, um, because it is so distorted and like the music video for the song is also like really distorted but it is also yeah. very like you know like h- hard yeah, yeah i guess it, that's a really good way to describe it like <laughs> because like while it is really edited the i mean the video looks like and no like shade to them or whatever but like it mm-hmm. looks like something that like you could film with your friends you know what i mean yeah like it was yep. very it was very like raw um which I think was like interesting to pair with something that was so edited and like synthesized with in terms of like the actual music um so yeah I thought that was a really interesting like pairing of those two things yeah definitely um yeah I think like the thing about like 100 gex that I think is like really interesting is that I mean, like, their music is is super weird, um, Mm -hmm. but they do a lot of, like, remixes of other artists, and, like, other artists do remixes of them, Um, so it's, like, kind of, like, a, and, like, a lot of these artists are, like, you know, queer or, like, allies, like, really well-known allies, like, someone like Charlie XCX or Mm -hmm. something, or, like, (laughs) uh and like they do like remixes, and so it's kind of just, like, a a little queer collaboration. That's really cool. Um, yeah, and I really like it. Um, and 100 Gex has actually done remixes with Dorian Electra, who is someone oh, else okay. we'll be talking about later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the song that they did together, really good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Laura Les or Laura Lees, I don't know how to say her name. Uh, <laughs> is, she's one half of the members of 100 Gex mm-hmm. um and and she's a trans woman um and she also like it's kind of the same thing as Sophie where like she doesn't really have her face like super out there there's not a lot of pictures of her mm-hmm. um that exist like in the world I went to her Instagram and like like 
every picture that is of her like her face is pretty much completely obstructed by like her hair or she's wearing Mm -hmm. a face mask or like even before like corona or anything she would be wearing a face mask um (laughs) and like yeah so uh she works at like an empanada restaurant like while she is doing like all of this stuff with like 100 gags and like they're touring and everything and like so yeah it's um it's really interesting that she is really like an average person yeah (laughs) um who's just like part of this like uh I guess unit I don't know I I don't know if they're like a band like an like I don't know but I think when uh, I, this group yeah I think when I looked it up it came up as like musical duo or something like that okay yeah that's, yeah so she's part of this musical duo um <laughs> and uh yeah I mean I think like 100 Gex is really blowing up right now like um I I've been I heard about them like a long time ago and then I just checked them out like in this last like couple of months um and I'm I've gotten really into them but like they are doing like huge tours they were at they performed at Coachella this like last year or something yeah so like they're definitely like really on the rise um and so it's cool to see like popular trans artists like especially like this weird this weird music that I feel like would not really you know get get a a lot of listening otherwise for sure so yeah, and then um, Arca is the other artist who, like, is kind of in this, like, uh, experimental, like, group, mm-hmm. I guess, that we're going to talk about. So um, I sent you, the song I sent you by Arca is, like, the song that's just called, like, At, 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 yeah. or something. <laughs> um, and it's over an hour long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I don't blame you if you didn't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I certainly did not. Um, yeah. I listened to, I, I did listen to parts of it and it is chunked up into sections. Like, yeah. Um, I, I guess it's like supposed to kind of be like an album mm-hmm. length song with like definite like lines between each song. Um, so what did you think of that song? <laughs> um, yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, definitely experimental again. Um, the visuals were really cool, and, um, I mean, they just kind of, like, repeated throughout the song, Mm -hmm. um, but it was very, like, apocalyptic, and, um, yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, yeah, I didn't listen to, like, the whole thing, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but, yeah, I definitely, like, listened to the different chunks of it, and, um, again like really experimental I think what's interesting for me about more experimental music is like I it's not something that I would like put on Spotify or whatever but if I'm like looking Mm -hmm. at the video and like I think like the visuals are really important part of it too like looking at kind of the whole picture and it's like it's it's more of like an art piece you know um yeah I would think it's really cool but yeah the visuals with like the car and um and then again like on the screen um Mm -hmm. like the little screen that's behind the cars and stuff I thought yeah it was really cool like I don't know coming from like a (laughs) coming from like a drama tech perspective like that would have been a really cool set (laughs) to put together you know 
Yeah, and um, Arca, like, definitely has a lot of theatrical elements, like, of her music. Um, Like, I've listened to a a few of her other songs, and they really employ, like, a lot of really interesting sound effects, different Mm -hmm. voices. Like, they tell a story, you know, so it is really, like, a production. It's, like, Mm -hmm. a theatrical production. Definitely. Um, (laughs) Which is, it's really cool. Um, And, yeah, so, like, Arca... um, Something that I found, like, when I was looking into this album, um, it created, like, a lot of controversy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw it on Twitter at first. This was, like, actually how I heard of Arca, um, is that I saw, like, a bunch of women that I follow on Twitter, like, defending her, being like, oh, Arca's music, like, is not for, like, cis people, so if you're cis and you don't get it, like, that's, <laughs> oh that's not our problem. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so... Uh, yeah, so it created, like, a lot of controversy around, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) experimental music and, like, transness, um, and, like, since it is such a long song that's very, like, robotic and Mm alien-esque, um, it means that, like, in order to listen to, if you found, like, one part of the song that you really liked, you would have to open up the song and, like, manually drag your finger, like, to where in the song you want to listen to which mm-hmm. means that you're like taking more time to interact with the parts of the song oh, that's um, cool. which is actually like yeah it's like a really smart like kind of marketing and like production kind mm-hmm. of like way to look at it um so it's like yeah that's interesting um well, that's cool and it that also it's like, like oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead um yeah it's cool that it's like interactive like that you know because I definitely like thinking back on when I did listen to it like Cause I would like skip through a little bit. I would go like a few minutes ahead and see if it like changed mm-hmm. or like if something else was happening. And then if like there was a part I really liked, then I would kind of skip back a little bit to like hear the transition and like, so yeah, that's yeah, really definitely. cool that it's like, it adds an interactive element to it, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and like, this is something that I meant to bring up with. I'll just say it now. Like, um, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty like common in, I think a lot of trans music that we'll see, but a lot in Arca's music and, <clears throat> excuse me, and like, especially in this song. Um, and then if you take it like versus Face Shopping by Sophie, um, mm-hmm. they have these periods of like, and then like sudden sounds of like despair. Yeah. Um, and so it's very much like a juxtaposition of like euphoria and dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Um like, in face shopping, I think it's, like, really clear, like, um, you know, the part that is just, like, it's just, like, a woman saying, like, my face is the front of shop, and then suddenly it's, like, yeah. like um, and then there's, like, the bridge, which is very, like, ethereal mm-hmm. and light, yeah, and then suddenly it's, like, again. Yeah, so, that was a really yeah, interesting um, part where it just kind of, like, it totally changed, and then it went it back to, like, exactly what it was before. That was a really interesting part of yeah. that song, too. Yeah, and, like, I think that this is, like, a really good way for trans people to, like, get out, like, this, like, their their inner conflict or their feelings of, like, mm-hmm. euphoria versus dysphoria because it is so jarring to hear, like, the two kind of against each other. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and, like, yeah. So, um, and, again, like, what I was saying is, like, a lot of trans people – um, have defended Arca saying that like it, it kind of has created like a dialogue about 
who trans music is for um yeah and like you know if it like the whole point is that it's john it's genre non-conforming as mm-hmm. like, arca is gender non-conforming so like the yeah. two things kind of go together and it's meant for people who are gender non-conforming and like it's fine if cis people like it like right yeah you know but but it's really not like for them to consume and everything um and well I think uh, that's an important like distinction to make in music where like obviously like anyone can listen to anything no one's like stopping you but if you have like a problem with it it's like well this isn't being catered to you so like I don't know listen to Taylor Swift and like (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah because it's like I mean I I thought it was interesting it's not like um it's not like something I would like listen to all the time but like definitely Mm -hmm. like if I was feeling kind of like oh I want to like watch something arty or listen to something arty like but I'm not gonna like as a cis person I don't really have the position to be like well you're doing it wrong like you don't get to you know be experimental (laughs) or whatever like no it's not you know it's not made for cis people and that's perfectly okay and I think um they shouldn't feel like they have to justify their music to people I guess if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so then the last thing that I want to say about Arca is that um, she has contributed work to some of the, like, biggest names in music. Um, yeah. Like Kanye West, Bjork, um, FKA Twigs, like, among other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, like, I don't know. And, and like, there's another person we'll talk about later who is has done more, like, mainstream production um but it's I think people don't like something to to kind of point out here is that like of cis people don't realize how common it is to see trans and like LGBT people in general like in mm-hmm. these roles of like production and creation of like music and and TV and things like that and like media um, yeah definitely and I think like a lot of people would be surprised to find like oh, Kanye West, like, you know, yeah, certain definitely. album was produced by, like, a trans woman, like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think yeah. that's interesting, too, like, thinking about even, even, like, how that might reflect on, like, Kanye West's music, because, um, you know, in some of, like, my wigs classes, we've talked about, like, um, I don't know, like, for example, Drake's song, Nice For What, is... Um, I mean, Drake's a very controversial person and um, not generally regarded as, like, you know, the champion of feminists, but um, the music video was produced by, like, a bunch of really prominent, like, feminist directors and stars, like, feminist and, like, queer actresses and actors and, like, so it's interesting to see how, like, kind of the effect of who's producing the music or producing the music videos has on the actual product regardless of like who the initial artist is i think yeah absolutely word so now we're going to go on to laura jane grace and against yes. me um so yeah so laura jane grace is the lead singer of the punk band against me she publicly came out in 2012 when she was 31 um, and she's been very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. She's spoken a lot. Of, she's spoken like a lot um, about um, issues surrounding trans experience, including maintaining relationships post transition, um, mm-hmm. what 
like transitioning means for her band and her music um and like you know things around suicide and you know feeling alone and Mm -hmm. changing your body and things like that um so what did you think of the I think it was three songs yeah three songs that I sent you um about or by against me slash Laura Jean Grace (laughs) I I thought they were really interesting because I this was probably the the songs that like stuck with me a lot um and what I think is really interesting about them is they're very like blatantly about trans issues um but I mean I feel like it was conveyed in a way that's still very like relatable um about like um like let's see like true trans soul rebel um was really interesting because I think, I mean, in any of them spoke a little bit about, like, misgendering and body dysphoria and things like Mm -hmm. that, which, um, I mean, not to the same extent, Mm -hmm. but I think that a lot of, like, cis people can relate to not feeling comfortable in their body or feeling like they don't, they don't conform to the gender that society has kind of put them in. And, um, yeah, I think it was a really interesting, um... It was a really interesting experience for me because they are like very much about like trans issues, but I could still I could still find them relatable and enjoy them. And um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting that it was it seemed very like it seemed very like marketable to anybody, really, because like the actual songs, like the melody and everything of the songs themselves are very like fun and like um, like fairly energetic and um but still like talking about serious issues and um yeah i think i think they're really good so i'm like surprised that they aren't more widely known honestly because i i really liked all the songs did you have a favorite one um let's see i have to look at my i think (laughs) true transsoul rebel was maybe the one that i liked the most I I'm a really visual person so I it's hard for me to like think about which one it is without like the visuals um there was one I'm not sure if it was uh mm, I think it was maybe it was fuck my life 666 Mm. these titles kill me um (laughs) yes it was that one it was the last one um it was fuck my life 666 i really liked that one um because yeah. i especially like i liked the lyric video that i watched with mm-hmm. it um i just thought that was really cool a cool like cool visuals and i like that the lyrics are there and yeah <laughs> yeah i think like um i mean this was not the first album that against me came out with by like any Mm -hmm. means like they had been coming out with music since i think like the 90s yeah like a long time um and uh this was the first album that came out uh where laura jean grace had like come out Mm -hmm. like and it's it's pretty obvious like that like Mm -hmm. this whole album is really about like her coming out and like her uh like her experiences as like a trans woman and things like that for Um, sure and yeah so like the 
uh first song on the album is the title track uh transgender dysphoria blues that's what the album is called mm-hmm. um and like of the album as of a as a whole oh my god i can't talk <laughs> uh laura said that she wasn't writing the album for an audience she said it she was writing it to save her own life mm-hmm. um and like to cope and understand and process like all of the things that she was going through mm-hmm. um and in 2014 um which was shortly after she had come out uh she released a series of videos on youtube called true trans which is like a series where she has different conversations interviews with trans people across the country Mm -hmm. um and like it talks about her personal story of her transition so like the first episode is like uh you know being born and then like episode two is like realizing I'm different and episode three is like coming out and things like that mm-hmm. um and so like in these videos she talks about being a troubled teen who turned to punk music as an escape from her feelings of being different she said that her earliest memories are of having dysphoria um and that once her band found success she did not feel fulfilled she turned to drugs and partying um and in the video she discusses her struggle with suppressing her identity amidst Mm -hmm. all of these other issues and sees them as linked through her dysphoria um and like she addresses mental health a lot um Mm -hmm. like both in the songs and outside the song she's like a huge mental health advocate for trans people specifically um because mental health is such an issue in trans communities yeah definitely Um, and at at the time of like True Trans is filming, she said that 41% of all trans people attempt suicide in their lives and that she's part of the statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that statistic is pretty consistent. Uh, yeah. It's kind of hard for there to be like pretty like updated data yeah, definitely. Um, on things like that. But it's going down like really slowly over time, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's still like around like 40%, which yeah. is not good. Um yeah, and True Transfold Rebel is definitely about, like, being, I think it, you know, it really is about, like, being mentally right, ill. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and being trans. Um, and there's one verse of that song that I really like um, that starts, like, yet to be born, you're already dead, mm-hmm. um, which is basically saying, like, you know, before you're, before you even, like, have an experience in the world, like, you are coded as, like, something that you are not. Right. So, like, you have to spend your whole life, like, being, you know, depressed because, like, yeah, you know, your, your whole life has already been decided for you, but it wasn't what you wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um, talking about True Transel Rebel, um, this is a quote from Laura Jane Grace saying, there's not a night that we play true trans soul rebel and it doesn't impact me to me the song is coming from the darkest of places questioning whether even god has love for a transsexual soul when the overwhelming majority of societies in the world see trans people as disgusting sick or diseased asking the question of will you ever find acceptance or understanding as a trans person to get up on stage and have so many people connect with the song shout the lyrics back at me regardless of whether or not they they themselves are trans or fully understand the trans experience just seeing that they can connect with that base human need of love that we all have the weight of that moment is never lost to me and it's a moment my younger self would have never expected to experience wow yeah that's awesome and that's and that's definitely what yeah, I was like um, kind of getting from the from the songs because mm-hmm. I mean as you know a queer person as a trans ally like I definitely recognize that it's 
you know, it's someone's, it's someone's story and it's a lot of people's story, but also being able to empathize with that and connect on some level to that, I think is really important in, you know, gaining visibility for people. Yeah, definitely. I think that this, um, this album is like one of the most like important, like art pieces, like probably ever created by like a queer person. Um, (laughs) Uh, because it is so uh, vulnerable and open and candid about the yeah. trans experience and, you know, what it's like to uh, struggle with, you know, internalized, you know, mm-hmm. hatred and identity issues and being so unsure of yourself and, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I love Against Me. Um, and not all of their songs are even about being trans it's, this kind of goes back to like the whole thing right. with Kim Petras like even though Laura Jane Grace is very um political and very open about being trans and like obviously these songs are about being trans and she's talked about it um she also has other songs that are like just regular punk songs yeah they're just really good um so yeah so like she definitely is like a um a more mm-hmm. complicated person than just her gender identity or her transition Definitely. or anything like that. Like she's, you know, a very well-known mm-hmm. punk musician um, who's well-respected. Yeah. So yeah. The next artist we're going to talk about is mm-hmm. Satine. <laughs> um, so I sent you one yes. of their songs. What did you think of Gotta Give Me Your Love? It was good. It was like, it was like a fun song, you know? Um, It definitely mm-hmm. had like a, a nice like vibe to it the video is really interesting um yeah it was really cool and I didn't realize too that they were like a duo um I I don't know why I just assumed it was one person and then it was just like another person (laughs) in the video too but I was like looking at their website and I love that they're like a duo and I think that's really cool yeah they're a trans lesbian couple um so like yeah i i really like their aesthetics um and things like that and people think like i don't know because they are so like flamboyant and so like campy i guess um a lot of people think that they're like um Mm, drag queens mm -hmm. or like gay men or things like that that are like you know just being like really flamboyant and androgynous they are trans women or lesbians (laughs) (laughs) who are like I guess with who are I don't know if they're married but they're with each other um yeah so um and I I love the music video for this song um I think it's really cool uh like right at the open of the music video you see one of them um injecting herself Mm -hmm. with estrogen um and then like they both like the whole point of the music video is that they are working in these like booths yeah. I guess where men just pay to like yeah. look at them and like they don't even get to touch them or talk to them or anything like they're literally just paying money to like see them which I yeah. think is like powerful <laughs> um but like in the lyrics uh like the chorus says like you know you only want to see me mm-hmm. at night and I know I'm not the one that you take home to your parents I'm not I know I'm not the woman you're showing mm-hmm. to your friends um and uh ruby who is one of the members of satine said in an interview um that like 
Gotta Give Me Your Love is one of her favorite songs that they've ever written. Um, and she said, it's a disco song about being in a relationship with someone who is ashamed of being romantically and especially sexually mm-hmm. involved with you. It's a really common experience with a lot of trans women we know, but also we hope it relates to queer people who will only have queer sex, but mm-hmm. not queer relationships. But the most important message is to sex workers who obviously have the most physically intimate yet utterly secret and hidden exchanges of all. So the chorus is gotta give me your love, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, which is just like a you know Mm -hmm. whatever pop chorus but what we mean is you've got to give more than just sex you've got to give me respect the video is being developed right now and we're hoping it will be very provocative and glam yeah so like uh so yeah like the whole song is is about like yeah I know that I'm not someone that you're Mm -hmm. proud to be seen with but you still have to respect me if you want right well and it was interesting too like Um, at the end of that they like they were together at the end so I think that's a cool message yeah like, I love that especially <laughs> because I thought it was just the, the one woman so I was like oh okay they're like a duo that's cool um <laughs> I don't know why I like made that assumption but um yeah it was a really cool especially because like they you know worked in those like cubes cube things that were like I mean men were going and mm-hmm. like looking at them but not like you said like not interacting with them not like having like any kind of relationship with them and then like they were together at the end and you could see like you know they actually valued each other and yeah it was cool now we're going to move on to dorian electra who is an artist that i've been like so into Mm. lately Um, I I really like their music a lot. Um, So Dorian Electra is a non-binary artist who uses they them pronouns and they cite parody and humor as like the best way to subvert Mm. oppression. So like that's that's what you see in like a lot of their music videos and their songs. Um, So like what did you think of the songs that I made? They were really again like really um, like fleshed out kind of narratives I think I mean especially Mm -hmm. like career boy was very like very much followed like that narrative um I really liked flamboyant a lot like especially the video um I just love like it was it was very like costumed I guess and like um I don't know like all their (laughs) outfits were really cool and like the like I love the piano outfit (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah just like really cool I love their makeup that they had like the kind of I feel like it's often like that red color which is really cool um yeah with like the yes oh my gosh it's it's, like such a fun like energy and it's very like like it's a little campy but also like I don't know it's just really fun definitely um and then Mm -hmm. what was the name of the first one man to man yeah and and again that one too was very like had a very solid like narrative of what it is and like you go you kind of go through the videos and you're like oh like that's funny like that's a funny like reference or that's like a cool way to like present this topic or whatever and yeah just like really cool Mm -hmm. like a really cool energy and I just I love the the presentation of like the videos and um like what they're wearing and everything and yeah, it was really cool, really cool vibe. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think their music videos are some of the best music videos I've seen yeah, in like a really long time. <laughs> um, because they are so like 
I don't know, there's so much going on in, like, all of them, and, like, but it is such a, it's, it is, like you said, like, such a clear vision, and, like, such a clear story, um, I think Career Boy, especially, is, like, such an amazing, like, song and music video, um, because it, like, the song is about, you know, like, it's making fun of people who, like, basically work themselves to death, and, like, are addicted, are addicted to, uh, work and power Mm -hmm. and money, um and success and and everything um and yeah it's it's really interesting um there's a lot of like visualizations of like I love the shot at the end of the career boy music video where they're like chained to the filing cabinets (laughs) (laughs) um or like when they like smash a coffee pot against their head like just because I'm so like I I love it like all glass everywhere hot coffee the glass did make me a little anxious like yes near the face but um yeah so talking about career boy uh dorian electra has said that career boy is about the addiction to work that our modern society forces us to have in order to succeed it's about someone who learns to love the pain of the endless grind and who gets off to working overtime for the man despite the long hours and loneliness i wanted to subvert and poke fun at this masculine idea ideal of the manly businessman hero and tear him apart and also Mm. make him very clear i identify as gender fluid and it makes and it feels really liberating to be able to put out a pop song referring to myself as boy i think that's like and that goes back to kind of your point too where like sometimes the best weapon is like just queering things that are so like Mm -hmm. I don't know like a lot of times like capitalism is like the gatekeepers are you know cis white men and it's like I think it's just like it's it's kind of like throwing it back in their face a little bit like sometimes that can be like the best thing you can do and like just queer spaces that aren't queer and um and it's like a really cool effect too because it's like it's exciting to see like a boring office have like a queer identity and I think that's like a really cool I don't know it's a really cool message yeah and I I definitely think that this is like seen in Mantaman yes, as well sure. like um you know a lot of the like it is kind of a homoeroticized mm-hmm. uh uh, look at like right. masculinity basically um and like you know instead of uh like fighting someone like uh dorian electric yeah. to like kiss them <laughs> like um or like uh instead of fencing like they're yeah. holding a rose like stuff like that um and so yeah it's it's really interesting um and it really calls into question like a lot of the avoidance of um like physical empty by yeah, men um and like the perception that, that is like soft or like gay in like mm-hmm. a negative way um uh yeah so yeah I think Dorian Electra really interesting artist um I love their music and I really like their music videos um and yeah I think Flamboyant also a really interesting music video um that one is very inspired by yeah. like Liberace um and again it like it it is very flamboyant yeah. <laughs> um uh, so yeah it's it's really cool um to see like a non-binary artist um definitely yeah. <laughs> and I love too there I think there was it must have been flamboyant but um I think there were like 
there were pictures of like babies or like little kids and they also had the mustache and I just thought that was really funny (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) next band we'll be talking about is gloss or girls living outside society shit um which is a punk band fronted by Susie Switchblade who is an iconic trans woman icon (laughs) legend and star (laughs) um yeah, and so I sent you yes. their EP, uh, Trans Day of Revenge, uh, which came out in 2016. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's seven minutes, but I told you it's okay if you don't have, yeah. you don't have to listen to the whole thing. Um, but, but, yeah, so what did you think? What did you listen to? Did you listen to yeah, the whole thing? Yeah, I, like- I listened to most of it. I skipped around a little bit, um, just because, like, it's not okay. usually my genre of music um but that's fair um (laughs) but it was interesting too because I was I was listening to all these on YouTube and on on their um like the link it had you could like skip to different like songs quote within the album Mm -hmm. um it had like time stamps Mm -hmm. so it was interesting being able to like I didn't skip around too much because I wanted to like let it play out and like hear the transitions and stuff because I think that's really important um, but I kind of kept an eye mm-hmm. on like when the song changed. Um, so I think that was really interesting that um again, kind of like Arca, like a little bit interactive and um it was interesting to see like something that was a little bit longer and more like more work went into it, obviously. And um yeah, it was really interesting and um yeah. I think it's I'm glad that you brought up Arca because I think like they are kind of related like in that way that like you do have to put in more effort right. in order to like find find what you want out of like the whole thing. Um and like Gloss also like as a whole their music isn't like available on Spotify mm-hmm. I don't think. Um and it's not available on like I doubt it's available on like Apple Music right, or yeah. anything like that. Like I don't think that they have their music out on like streaming mm-hmm. platforms. I think it's just on YouTube or you can buy it through their Bandcamp. Um, but I don't like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I think that that's also interesting is like if you do want to listen to it, you have to go through that extra effort of like right, finding yeah. it. Um, which yeah. So. <clears throat> um. Yeah, so this EP, Trans Day of Revenge, it came out the day after the Orlando mm-hmm. Pulse shooting um, in 2016. And to a lot of people, like, they saw it coming at, like, just yeah, the right time. Definitely. Like, it was considered to be, like, oh, this is perfect timing for this to come out. Um, and uh, every single song on the EP is, like, really, really bold. It has, like, a really yeah. clear message. You can even kind of tell in, in the in the title of the songs for some of them um and like all of the songs like each of them are a two minute or shorter segment which is pretty typical yeah punk. um but yeah so like the first song is called give violence a chance um and it's about like oppression that's caused by mm-hmm. the government police it's a message of saying like give violence a chance and like fuck pacifism because it doesn't work yeah <laughs> and <clears throat> And then the next song is called Out From The Desk, saying, like, uh, people who have been abused, like, need to take revenge against their abusers. 
uh the third song is called fight and it's basically saying like white white supremacists should die (laughs) and then the fourth song is called we live and it's basically saying like despite trauma and pain we survive and then the last song is probably the most important song um and it's called trans day of revenge which is also the name of the ep Mm um and um It has the most famous line from the whole album, which is chicks with dicks kill from the heart. (laughs) Um, uh, Basically, the whole point of it is just saying, like, you know, fuck you if you're transphobic. (laughs) um, And the whole thing about, like, Trans Day of Revenge is a reference to, obviously, Trans Day of Visibility or Trans Day of Remembrance, which are both, both days that honor and showcase trans people of the present and the past. Um, and I think it's interesting that Trans Day of Revenge kind of represents the future. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then the final line of the album is Trans Day of Revenge, not as weak as we mm. seem, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yes. And then. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like the style of music isn't necessarily like what I would normally gravitate to. But I think it's definitely, mm-hmm. like, in looking at it, especially as, like, a moment in time, like, n- right after Orlando, I think it's I think it's important to, like, see that, like, anger and see, like, that these issues aren't just going to go away if you have, like, you know, things like Trans Day of Remembrance and, um, you know, like, Pride Parades and things like that. Like, that's all well and good, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that, like, the issues are over by any means. And I think it's important to be able to see that, like that anger and that you know that passionate kind of response to things like that and even if it comes off as a little extreme it's like well yeah I mean no one's really doing anything so of course it's going to be extreme so I think that's like a really important thing to be able to see as well yeah definitely um and I mean I really think that last line like not as weak as we seem is like so important because that's what you know the whole message of the album really is is that like you know although trans people queer people you know mm-hmm. outsiders in general like have been put down in such a way um you know we aren't just going to cower in fear like yeah definitely <laughs> uh, you know it really is like a time to take action and move forward in like a you know, in a different way and take a different approach to things because the approach that has been taken isn't effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's interesting, like, after this EP came out, um, Gloss really blew up. They became pretty famous. Not, I don't, they weren't, like, mainstream because you can't be mainstream yeah. and punk. <laughs> it's not really, really work. Uh, but after they came, after the EP came out, they were offered to sign with Epitaph Records. Um, but because Epitaph is owned by Warner Brothers, the band turned it down, and they were like, "You know what? No, we're not going to work under a corporation, um, which is Warner Brothers. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, that's gross." Um, and so shortly after this, they unanimously decided to split up for personal reasons, uh, saying that the controversy that their music had gotten was overshadowing, like, their artistic presence, Mm -hmm. and, like, they felt like they couldn't make more music, um, because it was just going to be, like, oh, here's that weird controversial band that, you know, 
just said a bunch of stuff and then didn't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gloss, pretty short-lived, mm-hmm. but they, I think, were a really impactful um, band. And I think that their... Yeah, definitely. Their EP um, was was really, like, important. And it came, like, I think that it's it really shouldn't be understated that like there it could not come have come at like a better oh, time yeah, like for sure. um, and it was definitely something that people needed to hear at that time yeah definitely and also today so yeah. yeah um do you have anything else to say about gloss i think their name is really cool i like, love just it as a little <laughs> thing like i love when um like punk bands have like i don't know kind of like take take things like something like gloss which sounds very like feminine and like girly girly. (laughs) and it's like you know it stands for you know girls living outside society shit which is like cool and then also like it's punk band that's cool and yeah I just I like that (laughs) sort of image for them I think it's really cool yeah and like the the album artwork for this album um it has like lipstick but then also like skulls and like a middle finger Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah I love that it's very like it has like a a good juxtaposition of like the two things definitely um yeah okay so the next person uh and really the last artist that I have or I don't she is an artist but we're mostly going to be talking about her producing Mm -hmm. is Teddy Mm -hmm. Teddy Geiger Teddy Geiger I don't know how to pronounce it but (laughs) um She's a transman producer who has sold roughly 50 million units in her career. Yeah. Um, and she writes and produces for artists such as Sean Mendez, Lizzo, One Direction, and Maroon 5. Um, so she does a lot of mainstream production. This is, again, what I was yeah. saying. Like, trans people are so present in, like, the behind the scenes of things. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really recognize it. And she is, like, uh, she's one of the most sought after writers like right now for wow. pop music. Um, she she received an award for writing the song Stitches mm-hmm. by Shawn Mendes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she basically made Shawn Mendes famous. Um, so if you are a fan of Shawn Mendes, you have Teddy Yeager, trans woman, to thank. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, and like she also writes music for herself and has released a little mm-hmm. bit of it under the name Teddy with a heart um so yeah I just like I just wanted to bring her up because I think it's really interesting that she like I think that is some of the most mainstream music right now Um, yeah so it's interesting that she has like her hand in it (laughs) yeah that's really cool and I think in terms of like visibility for any marginalized community it's also important to look at like who's behind the scenes because yeah you know, even if maybe she's not, like, a front runner, or, like, produces a ton of her own music or anything, like, those are really big names, and it's really cool to be able to see that, like, you know, trans people are having a voice within the music industry, even if it's not as an artist, if it's as a producer or, you know, as a director of music videos or anything like that. Like, I think that's really cool to see, and that's just as important in my mind as like as trans artists yeah definitely because like if it is something like a director or a producer role like 
you still get much of that person's vision like yeah exactly through what is created um so you really do get like their voice coming through even if it's not them like right you know singing the words or writing the words or anything like that um yeah I yeah I definitely agree um yeah so I don't really have a lot to say about Teddy I just wanted to (laughs) bring that up because I think it's really interesting and like when I was looking for trans artists her name kept coming up and I hadn't heard of her um but when I saw like it was like oh she has written music for Shawn Mendes and Lizzo and One Direction and I was like wow that's really cool that they would like you know it's it's really great that people like I don't know like it's such a showcase of like trans talent I guess definitely (laughs) um yeah so and then I just have like a small list of other trans artists that I recommend to Mm -hmm. you or to the listener um left at london is a really good trans artist who i really like i think i sent you some of her songs yeah Um, i actually really liked them i listened to the ones that you sent me and i liked those a lot cool yeah we could talk about left at london a little bit i just don't have any like about her um but yeah she's a trans woman who um writes and produces her own music she's totally self-made that's um, so which is really cool um and she I'm pretty sure she does like all of her writing and producing like from her bedroom which is like so neat um and you might recognize her as like um who was really famous on Vine um way back in the day Mm. uh she she made like the Vine that was like uh she's made a lot of really funny Vines but one of the ones that is really good is the one (laughs) where she's looking at like a picture of someone who like tucks their blankets like under their legs when they sleep or something and she goes oh I knew oh that oh my god <laughs> that's so funny I didn't know that yeah so that was her uh before she transitioned and so like oh, a lot wow. of people are like were you on vine <laughs> like <laughs> that's crazy yeah so well that's kind of cool that yeah. she's like doing her own thing now that's awesome yeah definitely um such a large presence on the internet because of Vine so like yeah she uses it really to like um you know she she uses it for uh opening like a lot of discussions with like um with people who aren't really able to like have the platform that like she was just like given because she you know became Vine famous and things like that um yeah and yeah, she makes a lot of like YouTube videos that are really cool. Like she she does a lot of uh, videos that are like how to make a Frank Ocean song. I think that's like one of yeah, her most famous cool. videos or stuff like that. Yeah. So she's like really into production. She does a lot of really funny remixes of songs, things like that. Um, yeah. Um, I think her albums are really good. Hope she comes out with more music soon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah um and then other artists that i have written down here are angel hayes who is a non-binary artist uh sam smith i wrote down because uh uh, they have been in the news a little bit recently because uh they recently came out as non-binary and Mm -hmm. um they use they them pronouns and like immediately after coming out like everyone was like I support Sam Smith. He, like... Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
but Sam Smith is an artist who's uh, non-binary and has some good music. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really <laughs> cool too because they are so like prominent already, which is yeah. I mean, they have a huge platform. Yeah, so. and I, I think that that's also something that like we haven't really seen yet is like someone who you know, gets really, really big um, and then, you know, transitions or comes out, like, as they are already, like, at the top of their fame. You right, know, like, yeah. someone like Kim Petras, like, she became famous because she was trans, basically. Right. Um, and then she, like, was able to work her way into the music industry from there. Or, like, you know, someone who's up and coming or... You know, yeah, someone definitely. who is already out and then they start making music like as their per- as like an out person. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like we haven't really seen someone who is like Sam Smith, I guess, is like kind of an instance of this. But like, yeah, th- since they're non-binary, like it's not, you know, I don't know what they like, what their plans are. Like if they are going to transition in any way, like that's not, you know, it's not really right, my business. Yeah. But, you know, um, like it isn't, I guess, like, the full, like, I don't know, this probably sounds, like, really bad, but just <laughs> hear me out, like, the full, like, tran- like transformation, I guess, of right, yeah. seeing, like, um, you know, uh, a trans woman or a trans man, um, right. you know, like, Laura Jane Grace, I guess, is kind of an example of who... was already famous and then she came out because she had been doing music for like 20 or 30 years before um Mm -hmm. not not 30 years like 10 to 20 (laughs) years before she was 30 when she came out um but yeah um so she had been doing music for like a long time but I didn't I think that she became like a lot more famous once she had come out and her transition was like publicized so I think that's a little different than like you know if you were to have someone like uh Rihanna just be like I'm a trans man (laughs) right yeah it would be shocking (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um and then other artists I have written down are Shay Diamond who is a trans artist and Case Tees another trans artist um these are just people didn't have a lot of time to music but I recommend looking into it if you are interested in more trans artists things like that all of the artists that we talked about yeah definitely you know I recommend all of them (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah um I feel like I had something else to say now I forget oh yeah um so like the last thing that I kind of want to say um is that I think it's interesting that there are a lot more like there's a a much larger um presence or like I guess yeah presence of like trans women in music than trans men I don't think we talked about any trans men um (laughs) like no I don't think uh, so yeah Dorian Electra is non-binary and Mm -hmm. besides that like no yeah, everyone else was a trans woman or, like, a non-binary trans woman. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like, kind of interesting. Um, like, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but it is yeah. pretty consistent with, like, a lot of media that, like, 
trans men are not really portrayed in the media or like yeah. they are not really visible in the media like at all <laughs> yeah um, I think that's uh, yeah I think that's definitely an issue with a lot of um media and I don't know if it's an issue of like I feel like it's kind of it probably snowballs a little bit where like maybe people who are you know ignorant to trans people's lives are a little bit more accepting of trans women and then maybe you know trans men feel less comfortable being out or pursuing something where they would be in the in the public eye or something like that and it just yeah I'm not really sure like what the I guess using my major like sociological reasons would be for that but (laughs) um it's yeah it's definitely interesting to look at like I mean even in film like you know I feel like most people know who, like, Laverne Cox is, but you might not know any, like, any trans actors, like, male, like, trans men. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that is, like, an interesting, like, I could name a handful of, you know, famous trans women, like, right right off the top of my head. But the only trans man that comes to mind right this second is Chaz Bono. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, same. Yeah, I can't off the top you know of and head, like, like yeah. there are other trans men that exist yeah. <laughs> like, I know a lot of trans men like but I I really don't see them um in the media a lot yeah is interesting and like I'm I'm one of the next episodes that I'm doing of this podcast is about like the differences of how trans men versus women are treated and um portrayed different kinds of media yeah definitely um, and, like, immediately you can just see, like, that trans women are, like, way more presented um, yeah, for sure. than men. Um, but I think a lot of it is that, like, trans women are portrayed in more of a joking way. Um, yeah. Or, like, they're, yeah, like, it, it's more of a, I don't know, it's more played up for comedy as, like, right. whereas, like, trans men are, it's a lot more serious. Um, yeah yeah so (laughs) yeah definitely and I think there's you know not in any way like in a good way but I think influence of like the drag community or just (laughs) just the gay community I think it's like an easy way for producers to kind of be like oh like this is just kind of the next step for us when it's like really it's it's a whole different thing like I think I think it's like harder for people to actually kind of understand and comprehend like what's going on versus just kind of like oh we're gonna you know put a guy in a dress and like that's gonna be it and it's like well it's there's a lot more kind of involved (laughs) than just like transitioning and I yeah I think it's like it might be easier to digest because people are used to maybe seeing like drag in the media or like a lot of times Mm -hmm. like it's a joke that like like a man is like dressing as a woman or something like that I mean thinking about like I don't know like Mrs. Doubtfire for example you know something like that and like I think it's like it's easier for people to like maintain that visual in their head I think um so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's an interesting thing to kind of navigate and I think that you know trans people transgender people in general need more representation and especially trans men as well because um yeah, they're definitely disproportionately kind of forgotten by people. And I think it's, I think it's important to have like, a wide scope of visibility for people. So 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's interesting that there are a lot of diverse approaches to uh, to like trans women in the media, whereas like trans men definitely like I don't know. I feel like they're seen like one way, which is like basically just like a butch lesbian. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so <laughs> definitely could be better. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah so all right do you have anything else to add about trans music Mm. trans representation music trans musicians anything else you want to say anything you want to plug anything (laughs) (laughs) um my instagram is no um (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's definitely a really interesting issue i think um, you know, thinking about the music industry as a whole, like there's a lot of conversations around gender disparity in music, but that often excludes transgender musicians, non-binary musicians, or yeah, even just people who, you know, might not present themselves in like traditional gender roles. Like I or um for you know not dressing femininely or like in a sexually appealing way which is like ridiculous because she's still basically an adolescent but like I Uh think there's there's a lot of instances where like you know from from an industry level like people aren't being treated fairly in the music industry so I think it's there's definitely like a lot of work to be done but um I think that just by you know, exposing yourself to artists who identify outside the binary or who are transgender. And um, yeah, just kind of like, it's realizing that it's like, it's not a different necessarily. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes it can be, but you know, there's yeah. lots of, <laughs> there's lots of, I mean, like, you know, Kim Petras or um, even like, against me or left at London or um you know like lots of the artists that we talked about today I think have a lot of appeal to you know people who like that style of music and I think um definitely just like opening yourself up to that side of music as is kind of the most we can do and then hope that you know the music industry kind of realizes like oh people are interested in these artists and we should, you know, represent them more. And yeah, I think, you know, change starts with us and it's important to kind of do our part to recognize like people in the community and give support to them. So yeah, I think that's really important. And thanks for introducing me to all these musicians because they're all really good. Yeah, no problem. I love giving music recommendations. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think um, I think you make like a really good point about bringing up like the audience and that it does start with us because, you know, like music production is so much of like it's it's producing like what people want to hear. Exactly. You know? So like it is it is for the audience. I mean, unless it is someone like Jane Grace who wrote the album, uh, her album, like in order to, you know, be at peace with herself right (laughs) um but yeah that's kind of like a different thing like you know she the reason that she like has the opportunity to make this album is because people are listening right because people want to want to hear it 
um, and they want to they want to know and they want to learn. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it is really important to like expose yourself to this kind of music, um, even if it is something kind of outside of your uh preferred genre things like that like you know not not all of this is stuff that i listen to all the time right exactly um, you know i definitely don't like just casually listen to gloss like <laughs> um but i i do casually listen to kim petras and uh and dorian electra all the time mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely and so like yeah i just think like supporting these artists is like so important for their visibility for because sure. like you know getting them out there and telling people like you know these are really cool like queer artists yeah. that like you should know about you know well and even the things because, that you like, might not listen to like on a regular basis are like it's still you know important in terms of being aware of people in the community to listen to them uh-huh. and appreciate them and things like that and even just having an awareness of of artists like that and knowing it's out there I think is important too even if it's not like really your thing or maybe it's just something that you want to kind of dive into sometimes but just kind of exposing yourself to different avenues of um of artists I think is important as well yeah definitely all right yeah anything else to add I think that's it all right well, thank you so much for thank you. joining me for this episode. Yeah, of course. Um, I had a good time. Um, yeah.